The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, Ireland's nail-biting dramatic 13-8 victory over South Africa last Saturday night at the Rugby World Cup in France reminded us that we've had some pretty painfully intense and unforgettable sporting moments that led either to unadulterated joy, depending on which side you were on, or perhaps misery. Colin Buick from Off the Ball joins me now to talk about his favourites. Colin, good morning. Morning, Pat. How are you? Where do you want to start? Because you've got rugby and tennis and, and soccer... Got it all here, Pat. One for everyone in the audience. But I'll start with uh, 1999, Manchester United 2, Arsenal 1, FA Cup semi-final replay. So, like with all of these things, Pat, it's very subjective. It's it's where you were and what it meant to you. Like, Sergio Aguero scored for Manchester City 2012 to win them the league. But as a Manchester United supporter, that, of course, meant nothing to me. <laughs> so, we'll rewind to 99. And it was just the game, Pat, that had absolutely everything. This, of course, is the season that Manchester United won the treble. But they had won nothing at this point. Back then, the semi-final, if it was a draw, went to a replay. It was nil-nil three days prior. They went back to Villa Park for a night game. David Beckham scored. There's about to be a new Netflix documentary released on David Beckham, actually, so timely. He scored one of the great, probably underrated Beckham goals, 25 yards out, curled it to give United the lead. Dennis Burkamp equalised with a deflected effort off Yapstam. And then Arsenal got a penalty in the 89th minute. Uh, Ray Parler was fouled by Phil Neville and Peter Schmeichel saved that penalty went into extra time Roy Keane got sent off for a second yellow card to Mark Overmars and then Patrick Vieira looked for an Arsenal teammate instead found Ryan Giggs and FA Cup folklore was born 10 seconds later one of the great goals one of the great goals scored by uh, Ryan Giggs who is Still in disgrace, I suppose, in spite of yeah. the fact that he will not be retried. Yeah, exactly. It's important to mention that too because we're separating the man from the uh, performer here. But it was a great goal and it was a seminal moment in my childhood and many other people's. I know exactly where I was and how he scored that goal to around four Arsenal players and the finish mm. was phenomenal. Mm. Now you want to talk to tennis and a man that we're familiar with now because uh, he is helping uh, a current ten- tennis champion uh, to continue being champion and that's Goran Ivan Isovic. Goran Ivan Isovic, the Croatian great, who in the 1990s got to three Wimbledon finals, 1992, 94 and 98, lost in order against Andre Agassi, Agassi's only Wimbledon, and then twice the Pete Sampras. So no great shame, but it absolutely broke his heart, especially that last defeat in 1998. He spiralled for three years, went as low as 125th in the world, failed to qualify for the Australian Open main draw at the start of 2001, and months later lifted the Wimbledon Trophy 2001 against the Aussie Pat Rafter, who the year prior had also lost the Wimbledon final. But and, the match had and, everything. And Goran Ivanisevic should not have been there? He should not have been there at all. He got a wild card entry. So the Wimbledon Championships decided we'll bring him back because of his history in the tournament. But he had no right, like you say, Pat, because he was not in form whatsoever. He had no track record for the previous three years. But they said we'll bring him back. And en route to that final against Rafter, he beat Andy Roddick, who two years later would win the US Open. He beat home favourite Tim Henman in a rain-interrupted semi-final. This is pre-roof days. If there was no rain on that Saturday, there's no question that Tim Henman would have won that match and finally got to his elusive Wimbledon final that he never got to. Instead, even Isovic won. And he was such a character, Pat, that like home favourite Tim Henman, such a partisan audience, but there was still going even Isovic fans because he yeah. just gave it his all. He like he expressed every single emotion that was in his body all at once and you couldn't yeah. help but be endeared to this guy. He had a booming serve, but also he had that despondent walk when things didn't go well. A bit like Andy Murray. You know, Andy Murray misses a point. Oh yeah, I mean... A despondent walk. Andy Murray's PG in, in uh, comparison to Gorn Ivanisevic. There's a moment in the fourth set of this final against Pat Rafter where he's not happy with a line call. He gets done for one when he's serving 
and he takes it out by kicking full force the net with his left foot. He had a good left foot, he was a good footballer. <laughs> And uh, took it out on the lines person. And now, of course, like you say, he's, he's coaching Novak Djokovic to greatness. Because uh, he himself only won one Grand Slam, but Djokovic is on 24. But what even Isovic did for me that first week, I was only young watching it, didn't know about him. And they did a split screen interview on BBC with Ivan Isovic to showcase his three different personalities because he was such a wild card mm. in every sense of the word. He had no right winning this tournament, just never really been a greater shock since then. And also Pat Rafter was incredibly likeable. And if anyone goes out of YouTube or Armhole, Watch the post-match interviews of these two players. It just goes to show how great personalities they were more than anything. Now, another absolute nail-biter was a drop goal from Raj. Ah, amazing. I know exactly where I was and who I was talking to. 2009, Ireland, Six Nations against Wales, the Principality Stadium. Wales were defending champions. Ireland hadn't won a Six Nations since 1985, hadn't won a Grand Slam since 1948. It looked like Wales were going to win this game and win the championships and then the ball falls to Ronan O'Gara with a drop goal effort from a Peter Stringer pass. And it was just slow motion and the spiralling ball. And everyone in the country just stopped for a split second. If you're a rugby fan or not, if you have no interest in sport, everybody just stopped as this ball spiralled. And then Ronan O'Gara, like, you know, he's gone on to become an absolute great in every sense of the word. He just had unadulterated joy, like you touched on at the top. He just couldn't help it. He was like a child of Christmas Day. He was like, I can't believe I've just done that. <laughs> and that was really the start of Ireland's greatness that we're seeing now to this day. Yeah. And I mean, it looked like the game had been lost to a drop goal. Totally, yeah. It was Stephen Jones before that scored only a couple of minutes earlier. And like you have the partisan home crown again, like we're talking about. Wales were brilliant to that stage. You know, this is an excellent Wales side. Not really like the side we're seeing at the moment. And for all intents and purposes, this was Ireland's chance blown. And everybody mm. was talking that in my vicinity. Everybody, I can't believe we've lost this. And then the ball falls to Raj. And off. How often off have we, we said go. that? Um, you want to talk golf as well. And uh, I suppose something that lit uh, the, the touch paper for Porter Carrington. I mean, from 2007 to 2008, was there a, a more impressive Irish sports career? Paul Carrington went from zero to three majors in that span. 2007 and 2008 Open and the PGA Championships too but it's his first one 2007 uh, at Carnoustie in the playoff against his you know bitter rival Sergio Garcia they don't get on and it went to a four hole playoff which Harrington won but at the end of the the normal play uh, Harrington kind of blew his chance really hit the water twice and Garcia had a putt to win that Open Championship which he lost and it went to a playoff four hole playoff and Harrington came out with a second win and, and kind of won that handily enough but the intensity was at the end really you know before the playoff but it was just seeing someone else, again go back to this likeable character just something about these people that you just grab onto and Harrington was such an honest person who was also for a while a world class golfer And uh, maybe a, a final one quickly and it's Manchester United again I know I feel a bit bad now putting them in <laughs> twice but uh, Sue Murphy here um, reminded me of this penalty shootout 2008 against Chelsea Champions League final the only other Champions League that Alex, Alex Ferguson won uh, went to penalties John Terry stepped up to win the match and lift the trophy for Chelsea and he put it wide I remember Patches sitting there on the TV watching this and I didn't move a muscle when he missed I was just in disbelief that he missed and then a few seconds later Nicholas Analka stepped up and I started celebrating when the camera was on him because he's going to miss he's going to miss and he did. Edmund van der Sar saved it. United won the Champions League. Great moment. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe it'll take a while before they return to greatness, but I'm sure you're delighted with uh, Man City being dumped out of the English League. It's pretty interesting. First time that's happened to Pep Guardiola, locked out so early in a competition. So yeah, it's good. Good for everyone, really, because they're running away with everything, Pat. All right. Colin Buick, thank you very much you. for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.